Okay. We're recording. We are live from what part of the country is this? Like, what do what do we fit all fit in? Is this like the south? Just the south? Are we in the south? Jared's not in the south. No, I think I think you just call this part of the country America. Yeah, like and South America. Like, no, then you have the coast that are weird. Oh. I'm in Texas. Like that's I don't need any sort of other description other than I live in Texas. It's yeah. good enough, right? Better than that's what he has going for. Yeah, I would say using state names is generally pretty helpful. Basically, it's their own country. So today in Texas, uh feels like degrees. In Amarillo it was twenty seven and in Brownsville it was hundred and seven. Wow. <laughs> How far apart are, is Amarillo and Brownsville, though? A long freaking ways. A long freaking ways. That's like 800 miles, probably. Yeah, it's it's probably pretty far. <laughs> hmm. All right, Will, this is a hit factor. We are back live from this part of the country, around Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas. And where are you from, Jared? Missouri. Missouri. And Missouri, Jared, Jeremy, Jason, and myself, Jeff. I always think of Jared being from Kansas. Yeah, I do too for some reason. Well, he's from Kansas City, so he could be from either one. Yeah. Does that, I mean, does that that give you a complex that Kansas City means Missouri? KCK means Kansas City, Kansas. They're two very distinct places. But are Hmm. like, if you, that are right next to each other, that, and if you step over a line, you're in either one of them. Oh, no, you get across the road. It's called State Line Road. Gotcha. So do people in Missouri look down on people from Kansas? Like, that? Are, if you're both in Kansas City, are like, is like Kansas no. like the slums and Missouri is like the rich people? No, we view Arkansas as the slums. Oh. So there's not like a poorer side of Kansas City? Oh. Okay, so I would say probably the the poor, if you went by county, uh, like Shawnee, I think it's Shawnee or no Johnson County. Sorry, Johnson County is like a really rich county, and then Wyandotte County right next to it is a shithole. Is that where you live? No, I live I live on the Missouri side. Oh, okay. Oh. I mean, I just assumed. My bad. Good assumption. Fair assumption, I would say. Okay. So, Jeremy and I just got back from Single Stack Nationals, L10 Nationals, and Revolver Nationals also happened at the same time. And so, we're going to talk about that. It was awesome. I did fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> Favorite match ever, right? Favorite, Favorite two match matches you've ever I've shot. I've ever shot. Um I, I seem to remember this conversation before we went to Nationals where Jared and Jeremy were talking a whole lot of shit. Ooh. I was yeah. I was trying to build Jeremy up. I texted him for like two weeks straight telling him he was the best single stack shooter. <laughs> right. Every day. And then he tried on, hard. And then one day <laughs> I texted him and told him he was the best L10 shooter. <laughs> he, he tried really hard. He just uh, he chose the wrong person, I think. <laughs> You're still the people's champ. No one cares about Jeff. 
<laughs> so I was the raw time champion for single stack. I mean, I at least got that right. You were, yeah. That's an important award. Yeah. yeah, we were the two fastest people, I think, in single stack. Yeah, well, yeah, you guys, but that's boomer national that are under fifty. Yeah, nobody cares. I mean that that is an assumption some people make. Not entirely true. Not entirely wrong. Oh, hold on. How many people on your squad were under 40? Under 40. Well, that was me and Jeremy. <laughs> uh, me, Jeremy, I think Paul's under 40. I'm pretty sure Paul's under 40. Yeah, Elias. Elias is. Who else? Uh, John Vliger. Vl- Vl- okay, so I think five. he's under 40. So half, at least half. Who were the other five on our squad? We had 10. Uh, Strader. Seeklander. Seeklander. Uh, John McClain. No, he wasn't on our squad for that match. No. Um, um, wow. I, I, it's bad. I'm forgetting who was on our squad for single stack. But Yeah. Todd Jarrett. Yeah, he's Todd under forty. Definitely over forty. <laughs> <laughs> I was just naming people on the squad. It was probably half or under forty. I would say. So is was uh, Jeff the only one under thirty five? Possibly, probably. probably yeah. How old is Elias? Uh, Elias is under thirty five. Yeah. Anyway, it was awesome. It was awesome getting to. Getting to shoot with all those guys, that was uh, quite the experience. That was my first time shooting with any of those guys other than Jeremy. Who I shot with Paul. I shot with Paul last year. Uh, But, yeah, like uh, Phil and Seeklander and Todd Jarrett and Elias, uh, all those guys. That was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to to shoot with them and then – it was crazy. It was kind of a eye-opening moment. Like the first two stages came out. I was super freaking nervous on the first stage. Uh, I was freaking out about it. Jeremy was trying to calm me down. Did but you go out gunslinging as I did. fast as you can go? I did. I, I had the fastest time on the stage of the match. It wasn't the best run, but it was the fastest time. Did that set the pace? Because you kept you guys were talking about you're going to come out and set the pace on the first stage. Did that set your pace, or was that was that a mistake to come out in that hot? No, I mean I had a really good run on that stage. Even with a mic, I had like a really good run. I mean, it was really no, hard. you didn't. No, you didn't. Everybody had a mic on it, but if you can you say you had a good run if you had a mic? Yes, on that stage. Yes. Okay. Was, okay. Yeah, dude. it was a partial. It was a partial swinger at twenty yards. Oh, two part. Two partial swingers. My bad. I didn't two partial yeah. swingers. But yeah, but one of them was at like 20 yards. And yeah. then there were like four. Then the, the middle position was an eight round array with four mini poppers at 20 yards. Okay. Yeah. Oh, those so. sound like easy targets with an eight round gun. It was, <laughs> I mean, that, like, for that to be the first stage of the match was rough. Uh, yeah. But it, honestly, it was rough anywhere you shot it in the match. It was just kind of rough. Um, yeah. But yeah, the first being the first stage, usually usually when your jitters are highest, um, that was tough. And and you could 
it's it's interesting. I mean, this is third or fourth time I've been on on a super squad type setting, and uh, I mean, everybody was tanking it. Like, and but that's kind of the first stage at nationals. Like everybody tanks it on the super squad because that happened the next day on L- with the L ten. Super, I mean, like everybody tanked the first stage. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of even kinda, it was like, a different- you, can, you can tell like everybody's feeling it on the first stage at nationals. Okay, so yeah. let's start with uh, Jeff. How did you finish in the two matches? I finished third in both matches, man. That's not mm. too bad. I got some little acrylic trophies. They shaped kind of like a uterus. They look like. Do we very want to talk about the trophies, trophies now? Or no, you want to talk about the trophies. Let's now? talk about them. Let's talk about the matches first. We can talk oh, okay. about them later. All right. All right, Jeff, so you got third in both matches. Yeah. Uh, what did you like in the matches? Finishing third. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the shooting, not the uh, results. What did you like in the shooting part of the match? Um, I mean, I don't... I don't know. I liked, I liked it all. I mean, it wasn't anything... The the short ones were pretty fun. I thought I thought the short ones were really fun, like the short fast ones. Uh, I thought those were some some so, fairly cool short stages. Being that they were back to back, did they just change over the stages slightly, or was it completely different stages? Uh, what was the layout with that? Did it, it was they were barely they were barely different. It, they moved uh, the start stick. They moved the starting position probably, right? Maybe a yeah, target or two. And yeah. there was like maybe two or three stages that they added a target or moved a target. Uh, something like that. It, it was barely different. It was shooting uh, the exact same match. For yeah. all intents and purposes, it was shooting the same match. Yeah. So so did you like having the uh, back-to-back nationals? I liked, I liked it. Yeah, I liked the back-to-back nationals. I liked being able to shoot the same gun. Uh, I liked that. Uh, I didn't. I didn't like so much it being the same match. Like, I get that they don't really have, you know, a ton of time to to switch things over. But yeah, but they had options there because there were like five bays that were completely unused. Yeah. So they they would have they could have had option had they gotten there. Uh, they they definitely could have set up five separate stages that would have been completely new for the second match. And that that would have been, I mean, yeah, it's the time to set up those five stages. But it is, it is a nationals that we paid what two hundred fifty dollars entry fee for. Um, yeah. So I mean, like the, they could have pretty easily done that, and then and then made some more changes on the other stages that they kept to yeah. uh, to make it a, a different, quite a bit different match. How many stages were in the match? Fourteen. Do you think that's uh, enough stages for nationals? Not enough? Yeah, so that gets to like a, a kind of an interesting question. Like, so it was it was fourteen stages and a one day format. So let's, uh, I think maybe put those two all in, in the same question: is is that appropriate for a nationals? Um, so I'm curious. Jeff has given that this is only your second and third nationals master shoot. I'm curious what your opinion of that is. Um, I mean, I did not like it near as much as three days, uh, that it was in Frostproof. 
Can you quantify that at all? Like, other than you just didn't like it? Like, can you quantify, like, what you felt was the difference in it? Yeah, so I think the big difference in having a multi-day match is uh, you you have time to reset and regroup. So, you know, a lot of people just shoot bad one day. Like, I've gone to club matches and just not shot good. Uh, But... Yeah, so if it's a multi-day match, you know, you don't shoot good uh, one day. You kind of have time to refocus, think, man, I was shooting really conservative and that wasn't doing anything for me. Uh, I'm going to come out next day and uh, attack it like I know I can. Or maybe you shot too aggressive the first day. You can regroup and be like, all right, I'm just going to kind of hold hold a more moderate pace the next day. Um, so if it's like a, a one-day match, it's a lot more difficult to do that. Uh, like you can, but really mid match, it is difficult to switch gears. Uh, you got, you know, you got jitters and yeah, it's just difficult to switch gears mid match. Uh, so that, that is one big thing that a multi-day match has the single day doesn't. Okay. So Jeremy, how did you finish? Uh, was seventh in single stack and ninth in limited ten. And what what did you think? Did you like the format compared to previous years? Because you've shot the old single stack nationals as well. That was always a one day format, right? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, this format is similar to what the old single stack classic match was. I mean, it was always a one day match, and you know, short short like. Uh, in the old single stack classic days, the biggest round count stage was standards, which was 24 rounds. There was never any, any bigger stage than that. Um, to be honest, I don't for a nationals event. Like if, if we're going to make this an equivalent of nationals of all the others, other divisions, it's 14 stages in one day is not like that's an area match at best. Uh, that's, that's not a nationals level match. Um, what what does it require to become a nationals level? Like that's that's kind of hard to identify, like exactly like. But I would say eighteen stages would be a minimum. I, I would want to see at least eighteen stages. And yeah, the the two day, the two or three day format, um, I think is kind of important too. Uh, like Jeff said, yeah, you can come out slow and then you got time to adjust, but you come out hot and and then you got to. There's also that you got to sleep on that. Like if you're winning the match and you're not necessarily maybe expecting to, uh, you got to kind of sleep on that and think on that. And everybody has a chance to look at the scores. Um, the thing that I did not, the one thing I really didn't, I didn't like is that they did not update practice score at all. And so yep. unless you were tracking scores for everybody from stage one, um, you really didn't know who was, who was winning the match. Yeah, uh, and so that I mean, we got so we got to the super squads on the last stage, and everybody's just like, "Well, I think this person's winning." Uh, and, and I thought C Planner was winning, which he he ended up was the guy on our squad that was winning. We didn't know Rob was shooting the match that Rob was shooting, um, but man, like it was it was weird because normally last stage of a nationals, like you expect, that's when the pressure's on, and those last stage of the nationals, just like okay, whatever. Like there was no. There was no like the nationals is on the line here. None of that was was part of it. Yeah. 
And, you know, from the same standpoint, as a person that was not shooting the match but had friends shooting it, like I was checking on a regular basis to see if they were updating scores to see how my friends were doing. And from a spectator standpoint, it's way more yeah. interesting if you're seeing new stages come in, you know, every half hour, hour or something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and so I get like that There's there are some challenges with that, but I th- I'm pretty sure all that really takes is somebody in a golf cart with like a Wi-Fi on their phone. Just like they go to one stage, they sync that stage's iPads. It pulls all the scores. They don't have to touch it, I don't think. They sync all of it, and they just go to the next stage, and they sync all of it, and they go to the next stage, and they could just be going throughout the range and just doing that throughout the day, every hour or whatever. And uh, I think it, I think it adds a lot to the sport. Um, so I would, I would like to see them do, do more of that in the future. Well- I would say at a, at a nationals level match, like that should not be too hard to request. That should be something that should be the norm and not yeah, not the not the thing you don't normally see. I mean, I think uh, Southern Utah is the only place that I've ever really seen like constant updates on the scores. Yeah, Southern Utah, it, it is like when it goes into the iPad, it gets updated. I think um, Cameo in in Colorado, they have Wi-Fi on their entire range. So they they set their range up. They actually have their setup so that they can in their covered base they have places for TVs. So if they were to host a match like a nationals, they could have the practice score with live update and the TVs and the the scoreboard up in all the bays. Which that'd be kind of that'd be pretty darn cool. Um, like like you could you could be at the match and still be tracking. Wouldn't necessarily matter what squad you were on. Well, if you were shooting different stages in the super squad, but. Um, so you could see who's winning throughout the match, which would be pretty darn cool. Yeah. I think it makes it more interesting. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, and, and I believe the uh, CMP range that's held is a newer range. How how was it? How was the range? you guys like it? Hate it? Should they have another Nationals? Yeah. Uh, so- it's an incredible facility. Yeah. Um, other than other than Cameo, the, 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 the range in Colorado, which is which is only a couple of years old is brand new as well. Um, it's it's the nicest facility I've seen in the country, uh, and definitely their their clubhouse, whatever you want to call it, their their main that main building. Um, like they can they have a massive porch in it. Like they've got big ballroom, so they can they can host the awards right there. Which was I mean that's kind of nice. You can kind of get that done pretty quick. Um, so it's it's a really nice facility. <clears throat> Ranges the 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 bays and everything are really nice, and we didn't really experience rain, so I don't know how it drains. But I would it looked like they had they had drains and everything put in. It looked like the bays should should drain pretty darn well. And of course, a a very important question. I'm sure all of our listeners want to know: Did you make Jeff drive part of this trip? <laughs> uh, no, Jeff did not drive one. <laughs> So one that single is, second. That's, that's awesome, why he Jeff. beat you. He he was fresh and napped and everything, didn't he? Oh, that's. I mean, there is no doubt that that was worth worth a bit. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we both anyways. we sh- both should have had ample rest. I mean, we had a really nice hotel. That uh, I mean, Did just you okay. put your Let's mind hear about at this. Ease. Yeah, Jeremy, tell us about this hotel. Okay. How much was it per hour? <laughs> um. Okay. First, okay, I got a couple tips here. Um, one, if you're going to CMP in Alabama, do not stay in Talladega. 
Like just no. like there's uh there's another place Oxford I think is close fairly a little bit further yeah. from the range than Talladega, but it's supposed to be quite a bit nicer. Um, yeah. Don't stay in Talladega. I was just under the impression, like you hear Talladega, okay, they got this big NASCAR racetrack. Like there's going to be like a pretty nice town there. Like I've been to the the racetrack in Dallas. Uh, well, it's up north of Dallas, but you know, like it's like there's all nice stuff around. Like it's like NASCAR brings a ton of. No, don't stay in Talladega. It is a rat hole. Like the whole town <laughs> is a rat hole. Um, so stay somewhere else. My second pro tip, if you are traveling with Jeff, do not let him book the hotels. Because I was kind of just like, okay, Jeff, like, you know, he might be a little more particular in his hotel. Like, he doesn't want to spend a lot of money. So I'll just let him get whatever he's comfortable with, and that'll be fine. Like, he'll get something decent. Um, And so I'm asking, like, where we're staying. It's like Super 8s. Like, okay, Super 8s are kind of like, I've stayed in some nice Super 8s, and I've stayed in some really terrible super eight. So I'm like, well, well, what's this one going to be? He's like, I don't know. Let's look at the reviews. So we're like an hour and a half out. And that's the first time he looks at the reviews. The very first review is we had blood on our pillowcase. We had, Holy crap. (laughs) Jeff, bro. So then then we get there, we get there and Jeff goes in and checks in and we get to the room and uh, there are, if I call them funny hairs, um, all like on the toilet and in the uh, in the in the, the bathtub, all the the sheets and everything are stained of something. I I don't know. Uh, there were some socks in a drawer, just random socks in a drawer. Uh, it was it was disgusting. If you follow Jessica, uh, was was Jessica Nitzel? It's now Jessica Yonison, Neil's wife. She also tried to stay at the Super 8, and she did not spend the night there. She she went to like four different rooms, and they were all sounds about like the room that we ended up with. And so she left and, and went somewhere else. Um, so yeah, the room was pretty pretty gross. Did and y'all sleep there? Yes, Jeff. Jeff thought it was perfectly normal. Well, he's like, this is a nice hotel. I'm good with it. <laughs> so for for anybody who doesn't understand, if you when you travel to a new area you're not familiar with, at least stick with like a standard quality of a hotel, like maybe like a Holiday Inn or Hampton or something that has a pretty standard level. Because what happens is when a Holiday Inn gets too old and outdated, and then it becomes a Super 8 or, or some other shitty hotel like Jeff would stay in. Yeah. So that that was that. And then the first night, Jeff was like, hey, let's let's cool this room off. So he turned it, he turned the AC <laughs> to as low as so it was on like 55 and high. And I woke up at like three o'clock and was just like shivering. Well, the the comforter that was on the bed, I did not want to get under that because it was disgusting. It was like that's gotta stay on the floor. So then I'm getting up, like I, I had a long sleeve shirt. I had to put that on. I go put socks on. Like I'm trying to put, I don't have any pants. I just got shorts. So I'm just sitting there. Like I woke up at 445 and I seriously did not go back to bed, sleep because I was just like, I was too cold. I was using my one spare pillow as insulation to try and like get it close to my back so that I could try to warm up. And I just stayed there and I was just awake from like 445 on. So that was part of Jeff's, Jeff. Like he sabotaged me so much in this, it's unbelievable. I can't believe he would stoop to that level, but he did. 
Yeah, Jeff acts like he's cool and like calm and oh, he's easy going. But I'm starting to see what's what's really how he really is. Yeah, yeah. I, it's not best to travel with Jeff. Um, just. I just thought it was great. That. I thought it can was I, great traveling with me. Can I ask some questions now? I would love it. So you guys said the range is good. You didn't feel like the format was fitting or it could have been a little bit more drawn out, to be more like the match. How are the stages overall as far as quality of the stages? Were those were those on par for a it so, seems like they were pretty short and I did see some that had where you know you'd run ten steps or something like that. You know, you'd it looked like you'd shoot a little bit, take a step, shoot a little bit, take a little step, and then there'd be one little run towards the front of the stage, about five, six, seven, eight, ten steps. It seemed like most of the stages I've seen. Yeah, so the flavor of the match was definitely uh, a lot less moving. Like there, there was a few stages where you had to you had to hoof it pretty good, uh, but for the most part, it was just difficult shooting. And a little moving. And maybe not like... Yeah, I mean, there were some terribly difficult shots. <clears throat> honestly. Terribly difficult for what you had. You know, it would be like... Like like the first stage, it was like two papers and four mini poppers at 20 yards. Uh, so you've got eight shots. Yeah, it was that. Like, you can make those shots, but... Can you make those shots every time and not miss? So would uh, it was you say kind of some, that. Would you say some of the stages then had difficulty that was excessive? Like, say I take away the timer and, and expect you to go one for one 10 out of 10 times. Were there any shots that you couldn't do that on? I mean, probably the partial swinger, I probably couldn't do that. The partial swinger at 20 yards, that was that was the one that was just like, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I mean, everything else, it was just like, you really had to focus, uh, and you didn't have any makeup shots. Uh, so there there was a few stages like that. Uh, but I don't know. I, I didn't mind that so much. The, I mean, the swinger was crazy. But uh, the other stuff, I I just feel like I've gotten accustomed to shooting that way. It's like, yeah, I, I get one makeup for the stage, so spend it wisely. Uh, but, yeah, for the most part, it, it was... It was just shooting and not a ton of moving. And there was no low ports. There was barely any ports. Uh, it was just windows, like eye-level windows, pretty much. Uh, so uh, that What's was one question. What's the difference in an eye-level window and a port? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's yes, a great question. This. All right, so I'll give you an explanation. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's hear this. All right, everybody on the panel just rolled their eyes. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> okay, so a window, a window goes like from let's say chest height. No, maybe more like like uh, rib cage height, like to really tall. So it's like three foot tall, but it's skinny. We're gonna call that a window. <laughs> and a port is more square and below your chin. Uh, yeah, so that's that's windows and ports. There you go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Completely derailed. Uh, so, what was I talking so about? My my take on the stages. Um, I'll, I'll be a little harsher than Jeff. 
because Jeff is just a nice guy. Um, the state, like, there was, well, there were two big moves in the entire match, like, where you actually ran. Like, there were there were two, like, I like that was basically it. Um, I think there were four or five standing loads in the match that were, like, that was the only, like, it was literally, like, you sat there and there were, like, 15 rounds to shoot, and it was, like, the around a wall to one way to a, I think Jeff would call. I didn't quite fall. I think Jeff would call it a window. Maybe it was. A, I don't know. But like that were literally like it was literally like less than a step away, and you had like fifteen rounds to shoot through it. And it was like, okay, you guys knew going coming into this match. This is single stack, like eight round guns. Like everybody's going to be shooting eight rounds, and it was set up as if they were shooting like a carry optics gun. Uh, it was, it was to me, it was strange um, because a lot of the stuff that Jeff was talking about, yeah, eight rounds with, you know, long shots, uh, tight partials, and like just four positions of that or three positions of that. It's like, okay, do you really want, do you want people like actually trying to push or do you want people just to lay back and be, just try not to screw up? And a lot of stages were just kind of set up, just don't screw up. Um I think you see in who won the match and I mean, Rob Latham won single stack. Like this was a, this was basically a stand and shoot match. Um, And he's still obviously one of the best in the world at doing that. Um, It it did not test athleticism in in any sort of meaningful way. Um, And I think there, there could have been a little bit better mix in with that. Uh, It was that there just wasn't, there just wasn't any of that in it. So, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 and the standing loads w- was frustrating to me. It's like, okay, I, I kind of expect this at other matches, but at single stack nationals, I would kind of think they could, I would think they'd be smart enough to, to be able to set up stages where you, you don't have 16 rounds to all shoot from a four, four foot area. Um, for, for instance, stage 14 was 24 rounds, all open paper. And the shooting area was, it was either six or eight feet wide. So, I mean, it was just like blaze, blaze eight rounds, reload, blaze eight rounds, reload, blaze eight rounds. Like there was no, there was no movement component to it in any sort of, in any sort of way. Um, And so I was just like, I think we could do, I think we could do better than that. It it really was just like almost a a walk and shoot match. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a little plain, man. Uh, yeah, plain is a good way to put it. Yeah, it was, it was just pretty plain. There, was, it, there wasn't a ton of skills tested. It's like, I mean, you got some strong hand weekend, uh, but no prone, I'm sure. <laughs> no, yeah, no prone. Like you didn't, you didn't have to like get low and shoot at all. Like there, there was no like you had to shoot under something or squat even a little bit. I don't think. No. No. Uh, there were maybe a couple targets in the match to shoot on the move. There was maybe a couple of like leans. Yeah. Nothing crazy. No. Did it seem like that was done on purpose? Ah, uh, that's tough. To, I mean, that's tough to on like that doing it on purpose almost gives them too much credit. <laughs> cool that they knew what they were doing if i want to be critical um yeah well and i'm just i'm just 
I don't know. People, I was hearing what people were saying. It seems like some people are, you know, how people like to speculate. I'm, I like to speculate a little bit. It's kind of fun sometimes, but I was just curious. Some people think, you know, it was done so, on purpose. It was done on purpose to, for whatever reason. We, we were talking about on the live show, there was some, uh, Jeff, I think I asked a question. I don't even remember what it was, but she was like, yeah, maybe there wasn't, this is an attempt to merge production single stack, which I doubt was actually the case, but. Or somebody said that. Maybe somebody wrote that in the comments. I don't remember. Yeah. So well, what it was is uh, it uh, the match would probably have been a lot more fun to shoot minor and had two more rounds. So that that was the the idea of it of the the speculation was that they were trying to push people to shoot minor. Yeah. So that they could eventually merge it with production. Of course, that's it's, total speculation. But. It's total speculation. But some of the shooters, you said some of the sh- I thought somebody else said that some of the shooters at the match had speculated on that too, right? No. Yeah, so I that can't was, that was talk. Yeah, that that's fine. That was but that was talk on the on the ground at the match as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. That's all the questions I had. All right. So closing remarks. Uh Jeremy, what was your takeaway from the match? Uh, what are you gonna? Would you? Would you like that you did? And what are you gonna be working on after shooting the match? Uh man, like for me, like you know, it's funny. the The difference in Jeff and my performance for the two matches is fifty points out of out of three thousand match points, and we got we got one guy who's who's pretty like pretty excited about it and then we got another guy who's pretty disappointed in his performance um (laughs) like so like i'll I'll be honest i can like there is stuff that i can logically look at and say okay yeah there's there's growth there like there's there's that's that's good um there's a lot there's also just a lot of just disappointment that's tough for me to actually accept that um the fact that i was the fastest guy in in single stack that is a that is a pretty big step um for me uh like like my time at at nationals has always been something that like i was just not competitive in time and so i needed to get faster and and i was um so that that is good um so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with the, the positive part of that and try to ignore the ignore the rest of it Sounds you know because the, the the funny thing that that jeff and i did on the way home and is i hate this game i mean i mean jeff and i talked about this at length i absolutely hate this game but it's almost impossible not to do and that's the what if like what if this did what if i didn't do this what if this didn't happen um and so it's really easy to see how you could do much better um, like, I mean, for Jeff, it's real easy to, he had one stage where he in single stack that just, it was just not a good stage. Uh, and you take that stage away out and he's, he's back to leading the match. Um, you know, so like, I mean, like, and I mean, like I have, like, there were a couple there, I had a couple things, um, on the last few stages that, uh, it just, I mean, it kind of wrecked my score. Um, in L10, from third place to ninth place, which Jeff was third, I was ninth. <laughs> 20 match points. Yeah. Wow. Like, like 20 match points from third to ninth. It was um, crazy. 
I mean, you're you're talking one target. So yes, when we were when we were talking about that stage with the uh, the partial target at 20 yards in L10, uh, I had two mics on that target. <sighs> so literally, so literally one target bumps me up to to third to third or second. Um, so, so I mean, like, and again, there's there was every every person ahead of me could do the same thing. Like every person ahead of me had something like that in the match as well, um, so like I, I I get that. Um, so I hate the what if game, but it's hard not to do it. Um, yeah, but well, the good thing about that, let me say this real quick. The good thing about that though is like if you like, well, these partial swingers at twenty yards, I really can't beat myself up uh, over the match performance if that's what. Um, I mean, yeah, you could have done everything a little bit better. I mean, that's what we always do, but. You know, it's one thing, but like if you're constantly missing your reloads, you're like, okay, I've got to go home and work on my reloads, and and I'm kind of pissed off at that. I it would be a little bit more easy for me to go, well, yeah, overall shot pretty good. Those were what really kind of got me. I mean, I still need to improve on everything, but those I shot a solid match, and that 20 match points was due to those two mics on that 20 yard partial swinger. So I personally, I think though, like what if tool is a good thing to use for your own need for your own use to see what did this cost me? What if I'd have done this a little better? Like it it can help you focus in on specific things where I think the, what if tool is a problem is whenever people are like, what if I would have just shot this match better? I'd have won. And that's (laughs) not, that's what you see a lot online. (laughs) And it's like, well, yeah, everybody would have shot better. We'd all done better. Where it helps is like you look, be able to look at that swinger and be like, okay, this is what that swinger caught me. It can help you put the rest of your shooting in perspective. Or if you have a really bad reload or something on a stage or a mag goes bad on you, you can you can see what that stuff actually cost you easily so that you have an idea. Or when you make a small mental mistake or something, you can you can look and see, okay, do I need to work on this? Is it was it a big enough thing that it matters or is it worth my time to focus in on it? Yeah, and I hope I'm not coming across as <clears throat> saying like Oh, I should have won the match. Like I'm, I hope that I'm not. I hope that's that the I'm title not. of this. That's the title of this episode. Jeremy should have beat Jeff. <laughs> should have I didn't think you're. I didn't think you were coming across that way, but no, you were not. Uh, Jeff, how about for you? Yeah. So, more, first interesting thing is I shot two drastically different matches: uh, single stack and L10, uh, and ended up same place in both matches so uh single stack i shot with the super squad and basically uh with just matching matching everybody's pace right uh, that's the great thing about shooting that was one of the great things about shooting on uh super squad is like you know what the pace is uh so that's what i did shot shot furious uh but shot good and, uh, you know, picked up some mics. I think I had four mics for single stack. Uh, but I shot good. Obviously, there's always things you can do better. But L10, I shot a completely different match. I was shooting with uh, nobody I knew. And nobody that was shooting super squad pace. So, but I already kind of knew the pace because we had just shot the same match the day before. <clears throat> so I shot the match and I knew 
I was off the pace. So I just, I just couldn't turn it on. Like uh, in L10, I was probably a second to second and a half off the pace on almost every stage. Uh, I think Jeremy said like and on the top, you were, you were tracking my scores and saw that you were shooting it faster than I was. You probably saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was my whole match, but I didn't shoot a single penalty on L10. Uh, I shot the whole match clean, just a little slower than I should have. And that still put me in third place. So I thought that was pretty interesting to shoot two pretty drastically different matches and end up in the same place. Uh, I would never did you like shoot slower, banking on not shooting penalties. That usually doesn't work out. Uh, it just happened that I just couldn't. I just couldn't go any faster, but I wasn't missing, so I was okay with it. Um, but yeah, I was. I was pretty happy with with how I shot. Really happy with how I placed, and looking back at how I shot because I know I can do better. Uh, so that's just that's just encouraging to see that what I did put me there, but I know I can go higher. So. Yeah, it was it was a good match for me. And how were the trophies this year? Um, <clears throat> are you are you are you proud to have such beautiful awards? So I have a box of trophies that are very similar to this one, and I got them when I was five years old, playing soccer and t-ball. <clears throat> and, yeah, they're and probably like last place in the in the division too. Like yes, that's, I, that's what you yeah. get. That's a, yeah. Uh, except, saw, except those trophies were engraved, not printed on. Yeah. When I saw the awards, I I feel like they they could have spent a little more money. It's just, very they strange. They did not look like a I, national trophy should look like. No, they didn't. Oh, can, can I talk about it for Jeff? Because Jeff's not like Jeff's not yeah. gonna like. Rail on yeah, that's not gonna be spicy or anything. So, like, the trophy that the trophies that they handed out, like, they gave them to top three uh, finishers in the match, and then uh, <clears throat> class finishers if there was enough people in that class. So, I think there was like C and B got got an award. Then they recognized like law enforcement and high lady. I think um, the trophies look like like if you were in a bowling league and you won your Tuesday night bowling league match, that's about what this trophy was. Um, it it is it was it's ridiculous. Like it, it's it's a cheap piece of junk um, that like if you put it on like, like your mantle because you wanted to show people, hey, I'm the third best shooter in the country, they'd be like, oh, like you like you won like your local match. No, like this is the best. Oh, okay. So like it's just it's this weird acrylic trophy and then yeah they didn't engrave on the trophy nothing like that they got a little label that looks like they printed off on their printer and glued it onto there and it's not even straight on there like it, it's not even like it's not done professionally it's pathetic i mean just like uspsa clearly does not care in any sort of way about trying to exalt or like <clears throat> make winning in this sport something that's that's something cool uh, the only people that, that care about it are the shooters themselves and that's to me that's sad so i i was telling jeff that earlier today i said 
if you were showing someone, hey, I was third place at the national level in this sport, and you showed them your trophy, they would laugh at you and go, oh, what is this? Is this like a BB gun thing by national? Yeah. You mean, like, this something that you did in, like, in the alley back out uh, behind the house, and, and you and you 3D printed? You know what I mean? And and yeah. it, it looks so bad. Um, I, 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 I saw something the other day where it was the trophies, it was trophies, as it was from around 2011 to 2012, and then 13, 14. And it was trophies over the last, we'll say, eight to ten years. And at one point, they were pretty sweet. They were actually pretty, I thought, impressive. But yeah. uh, I would like to see impressive trophies for this, because I think it's a big deal, because we all shoot a lot. And to go up there to shoot, have pretty much the best match of his life, and to be given that, it's, it, I would like to see more. Well, so, well, the things they're they're not giving away top sixteen plaques, so there's no money from that. Uh, they're like they're recognizing way, 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 way fewer category awards from what they used to. I mean, like there were literally six trophies that they gave out, maybe seven, like for yeah. single stack. Like that was I mean, like that was maybe it. Um, the top the top three should be really nice trophies. Like yes. uh, there's a local guy to me that won Open Nationals back in the mid '90s. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen his trophy, and it is probably three times the height of Jeff's. Uh, I believe it was like a real wood base, and it was either a metal or glass upper. I don't remember which, but it's, it looks really nice. Like, you walk into his basement, and you see that, and you're like, that's a really nice trophy. That's an award for something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, all the awards that I have for sectionals are considerably nicer yeah yeah the, this the trophies for oklahoma sectional back in 2018 were way nicer than that yeah also like it's it's just very evident that on the uh on the state level or sectional level there's a lot more effort into making those matches nice than there was at our nationals event um it's just it's very evident like through through the the service that's given to the to the shooters uh, on the range to the awards, just overall effort into making a good event is higher at the sectional level than it is the national level. I think it's because the at the sectional level you have people that care about the shooters and want them to come back, and it, it, I mean maybe I've got the wrong feeling on this, but more often than not, it feels like home office just wants our money and doesn't really care about the sport at all. Uh, well, yeah, they care about the numbers. They can, they want the, the highest number of shooters in the sport uh, and who wins. They don't, they don't care who wins. That's, that's irrelevant. Just get us, just get us the most numbers in the sport. Um, Cause that's, a, that's how we can say that we have growth. You know, I, I would understand if this match was like a hundred dollar match fee, like my match fee alone probably paid for the top, all of top three trophies. Like you, you pay like, like it probably was maybe half of one match fee. You paid for all of the top three trophies. Like let's, we can do better than that. I mean, uh, for, as far as nationals and stuff is concerned, I'd be, I think it should be ran. It, it should not be ran to make money for the organization. Like the yeah. profits should go back into the match. Whether that yeah. be start start paying ROs so you get better ROs or 
give more stuff away to the ROs or make it worth their while, better awards, whatever. It, but the home, it sounds like home office didn't do anything for this. And they probably made, I don't know, twenty thirty thousand dollars $30,000 off of it or whatever. Yeah. So Jeremy, okay, did so, you get set off? Yeah, no, no, no. So you, <laughs> speaking of ROs, you, you reminded me uh, of a topic that we really need to discuss. Um, so on a previous podcast, I had spoken about Yeeman uh, being an RO and how he was like an RO that I really liked because mm-hmm. like you would walk up to a stage and whoever was the first shooter, like got to shoot music and he would play that music uh, while everybody's doing their walkthrough. And like, it was, it was like a cool environment. Like it was, it was fun. Uh, and it was, you know, the, the music was no big deal. It was just, but it was like, it was like, Hey, like this guy's like, he's yeah. not just trying to be a jerk, just trying to act like he's in charge and he's, He's gonna no. lord over he, us. Everything. He's like he puts out on Facebook. Hey, he puts out on Facebook like, hey, any song requests? I don't have good service at this range and stuff like that. So you can make sure he downloads yeah. them. Like, yeah, good dude, good RO. Yeah, great dude. Good RO. Uh, good RO. We need more ROs like him. Well, so apparently, um, on the first day of Single Stack Nationals, um, I don't know if it was Troy or Jake came up to him and said, "Hey, uh, we've had a couple of shooters complain about your music." And you're not allowed to play any music on this stage because this is a professional sport and we need to take it seriously. So you can't be playing any music. Um, so Yemen was not allowed to play music uh, on any of it. And I got to tell you, the fact that you're going to say that we can't have music because it's a professional sport, please name one <laughs> professional sport where they don't have music where they don't create an atmosphere where it's like people are trying to have fun. There is none. Well, they all have music. Like, like that is something that's part of every, even golf has music. Like when players walk up to like to the first tee and stuff, they will play music for them as they walk up. Like, like even the, the stuffiest of sports has music and they're trying to say, Oh, you can't have it because it's, it, it, it's unprofessional. Um, to the shooters, I don't know. I would be really surprised if the shooters that complained about it are listeners of this podcast. Uh, but if you are, like, get over yourself. Like, 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 look, no, look, like, look let's at, let's at, chill out a little bit. Uh, let's let's try to enjoy ourselves a little bit, even at the nationals. Let's try to enjoy it um, because ain't nobody walking out of there with a bucket full of cash. No, well, look at the other side of this too. Like, he's a good RO. He might yeah. just say, you know, all this volunteering my time is not worth it if they're just going to act like this. Like, maybe he'll just come and shoot nationals next year and not work it. Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. He was, I mean, he was definitely put out by his, like, okay, I guess I guess we're not going to have fun at matches anymore. He, um, I think he's from California, and I have seen him at matches in Florida, West Virginia. All uh, over. Yeah. Like, he, I mean, he works Utah. Yeah, he he's yeah. all freaking over. Uh and I think he's a uh he's a CRO too. Uh or mm-hmm. whatever. I is that so. the next yeah. level up? Yeah, he's he's tested into that level. I mean, like, so he's he is a good RO. So at Free State, Jared, we had a stage where they were playing music on it when we were doing our walkthroughs. And nobody look, people are you never know what's gonna if it's loud enough to be heard all the way down the range, that's one thing. Um but I find that funny, and, and what really, when you said this story, Jared, uh, Jeremy, was that this is professional, and I mean, I'm not trying to 
be critical of that statement. But at the same time, we just got done talking about, you know, bubblegum machine trophies, essentially. <laughs> and I mean, and I'm not, I'm really not trying to be, I, I'm very disappointed in, in the trophies because Jeff, Jeff is my buddy, shot the best match of his life. And he really got not, I mean, just, I was, I'm disappointed for him. I think in Jeremy, you said the same thing. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's frustrating. I would like to see, I was going to ask, how was the reception, you know, in the banquet or the rewards? Cause I would like to see this thing take off to where it's an, a spectacle, man. I mean, this is a, this is a big ordeal. So the music thing I like, however, as long as it's not heard four day, four bays down. So just why, I mean, the only, only reason is why other people are actually shooting a stage. They're playing, you know, I kissed a girl or something. I don't know. And you're sitting here. I don't know. I mean, I'm just, that's the first thing, you know, it's my favorite song ever. So, okay. He's, he's playing this music on one of those little, uh, like those little tiny speakers, right? Like very, very, yeah. They don't put a lot out. And, and yes, there were some complaints that, oh, we can hear it on a, on the next bay over and it's distracting. You're telling me that that, that little tiny boom box is distracting, but the open gun going off next to you isn't like, come on now. Like, this, yeah. like, well, I mean, turn, first, turn your ear pro off and, and you won't gonna, hear anything. The plan is to work out all the loud noises by two or three years from now. We'll just be shooting airsoft guns. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause then we won't get distracted. Um, the banquet is the banquet was, was like, it was right on the range right after you got done, which being, being that it was back to back one day format, honestly, like I just wanted it done as fast as possible. Um, and I think that's a little bit of the, if it's a one day format, you're shooting 14 stages one day and then 14 stages again, the next day, it's more of, let's just get this done, uh, and, and get, get it over with. Um, I just thought of another important question. Did the match winner get one of the official timepieces of USPSA? Uh, actually, no. That was not uh, That was actually not part of anything. So I don't know if that's th- going to be a thing this year or not. But no, there was no brazen watch uh, handed out this year. So I don't know if they, they just don't the, think. They, they went the way of the Halo neuroscience earbuds. Yeah. But I, I wanted to touch on the, the banquet deal. So last year, uh, when it was in Frostproof, you know, we you go into town and have the big banquet at the wherever that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it like it it's a pretty big deal. It's pretty fancy. I think they have like steak. Uh it's really nice. Uh but here it was like it was like a. It was a chicken salad sandwich for single stack. Which anybody that likes chicken salad, well, I mean it's Boomer National, so I guess you expect people to like chicken salad there. But <laughs> I mean, I love chicken salad. But the point is, you would. That it was like it was a snack bar. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you just lined so, up, went through, grabbed some pretzels and chicken salad, and then you went you out know, and sat on the secret, patio. Yeah. A little secret here. The really nice one in Frostproof. It's really nice because the like county board of tourism or whatever pays for that. Like home mm-hmm. office is not dipping into their profits from the match for it. Yeah, because last year at High Cap, uh, Carry Optics and uh, what was it open or it was limited. We all three shot it. Jeff, you didn't shoot it, but that one. I don't know if you stuck around, Jeremy, but that one was a, a snack bar. It was finger foods, and you just walked through a line and got snacks and. Uh, I was a little, I was like, you, maybe that's, that's okay. I don't know. But o- over the three day period, you weren't near as beat down. Like Jeff, uh, Jeremy was saying where you want to get out of there. So I get that, but 
I don't know. I would like to see a spectacle. I think it's a big deal. I think this sport's pretty cool. Um, I think we all shoot a lot and put a lot into it. So make a big deal would be well, cool for me. Well, think, think how much, think for, for the guys that might only shoot a couple of nationals ever, like if someone's been shooting four or five years and finally decides to go to their first nationals, like having a big banquet makes it more special. Like it, I think it's important to have one like we do in Frostproof where it's like a set down meal and, and you're, you're at a table with either a bunch of people you've just met and shot with for the last three days, or you're, you're with your friends that are local or something. It, it, it adds a social side to it, but it also makes it, it makes it feel more important. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it is cool to like having the, having the time after the match, like to, to hang out and chat with people, um, people that you did shoot with, that you maybe you met with and other people that you weren't able to shoot with. You can kind of talk about the match and that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, having, having the winner get up, uh, and, and present them a, a nice trophy, uh, and maybe heaven forbid, like a winner's check or something like that. Like, like, Hey, here's who won. Uh, like that would be, that would be pretty darn cool. Um, that would be more in line with a we are a professional sport and with a professional organization. All right, that's it. Let's pinch it off. You got anything more? Nope. It's a good podcast. All righty. Well, y'all go follow the Facebook page, Instagram page. Uh, we got Area Four coming up. We'll probably be doing some some live casting from there. And see y'all in the next one.